Blog Talk Radio. about our favorite way to fly, Eastern Airlines, of course. We're on twice weekly now, Thursday afternoon with REPA, the Retired Eastern Pilots Association Radio Hour at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and the Eastern Airlines Radio Show every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, I'll be able to bring you the REPA Radio Hour this Thursday as I have a doctor's visit scheduled from our lovely wife at that time at the Mayo Clinic here in Jacksonville, Florida. But we'll be back the following Thursday. Both broadcasts are live call-in shows, and we welcome your comments on the air. Our hosts are from around the U.S., and our listeners from around the world. Yes, we have identified over 50 countries around the world who regularly listen in. We're glad you're with us. My name is Neil Holland, retired Eastern captain and the producer of the show, and I hope you enjoy tonight's broadcast. Now, Chuck Albright, our announcer, will get the show in the air. Chuck, it's all yours. Well, thank you very much, and hello, Eastern family and friends. As our producer said, we're glad you're with us. For more of Eastern talk, news, and information, like you said, my name's Chuck Albright, and I'm coming to you live from the Villages, Florida, about midway up the state of Florida. Our producer, Captain Neal, is in St. Augustine, and our hosts are scattered all over the country. Captain Mike Scott's in New York area out in Long Island, as is Captain George Jen. Dorothy and Don Gagnard are in the northern part of the Villages, same place where I live, and Jim and Carrie Holder are in the Atlanta area. Mark Carter, our new Eastern 3.0 reporter, is in the Miami area. Hello, one and all. Our producer, if you see any of our other regulars, please let me know. Don't hey, want to miss Don, any. Uh, uh, <laughs> Chuck, yeah, uh, Colleen. Colleen DeFelice is with us. She's uh, was uh, not with us last week. She had her own show. And uh, we'll talk about that more on, uh, on uh, broadcast in the future. So I think uh, everybody showed up. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, from all our hosts, welcome and thank you for listening and calling the show over the past nine plus years. You've truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. 
We love to hear your comments and share your memories with the radio listeners from around the world during the broadcast. If you haven't called the show before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611. Just say hello and talk to us on the air live every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Many of our listeners choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www.ealradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in on the the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio, at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Now, I want you to remember to abbreviate the word Captain to C-A-P-T. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number, 213-816-1611, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Let me repeat that number so you can write it down on your Monday night visit, 213-816-1611. By the way, tell your friends about us. Our membership is growing. We're now well over 1,050 Eastern family and friends. And don't forget, you can listen to any of our 468 Monday night broadcasts and 100-plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. That's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E and scrolling down through the archives of the broadcast. Each episode is briefly described, and we're nearing 600 episodes now, and all because of the listeners like you wanting to talk about Eastern Airlines. Our lines are always open for calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live with our hosts, we ask you to please mute your phone as our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noises, such as barking dogs and slamming doors and ice cubes and beverages and ringing phones. That's why they put mute feature on phones. And now I see our number one. We're number one for takeoff. So, Captain, let's get flight 468 in the air. Eastern 468, this is Kennedy Tower. You're cleared for takeoff. Uh, Roger, Kennedy, Eastern 468 is on the roll. Wind 10024, runway 13 right, cliff takeoff. What happened to the wind? you to unwrap a beautiful vacation package. Eastern Super 7 vacations to Florida, Mexico, the Bahamas, the Caribbean. One low price for airfare, hotel, and more. One week to do whatever you choose. Super 7 vacations. How little they cost, how much they offer. When you need the sun, there's only one Eastern. When you 
And here we are back in the 60s. The 1960s were a time of upheaval in society, fashion, attitudes, and especially music. Before 1963, the music of the 60s still reflected the sound, style, and beliefs of the previous decade, and many of the hit records were by artists who had found mainstream success in the 1950s, like Elvis Presley, Ray Charles, Dion, and the Everly Brothers. In 1963 and the years to follow, a number of social influences changed what popular music was and gave birth to the diversity that we experience with music today. The assassination of President Kennedy, the escalation of the war in Vietnam, and the forward progress of the civil rights movement all greatly impacted the mood of American culture, and the music began to reflect that change. The British invasion also began around 1963 with the arrival of the Beatles on the music scene, and the type of rabid fandom that followed them would change the way people would view and interact with music and musicians forever. Creative ideas of dancing to the music of this decade were represented by this first number our producer has placed on the turntable. Mr. Producer, please.
Went through a lot of shoe leather in those things. <laughs> yeah, Colleen, Dick Clark, having noticed the dance becoming popular amongst teenagers, recommended to Cameo Records that more wholesome Chubby Checker re-record the song, which was released in 1959 and became a number one hit in 1960. The dance became passe among teenagers as it became accepted acceptable among adults and the song was re, re, uh, released becoming number one hit again in 1962 a world record was set in deland florida on october 11 2012 when chubby checker sang the song live to a crowd a crowd dance that danced and an estimated 4,000 people twisted along with with the uh, checker surpassing the previous guinness world book record of the most people twisting in the streets at once now, of course, uh, Chubby Checker's original name, uh, his birth name was Ernest Evans, for those who didn't know. And he's, uh, I, I just found out he's four months younger than me, which I was sorry to hear. But anyway, uh, so meanwhile, over at Easton, uh, while the people were busy twisting, Captain Eddie was ruling his company with the iron fist. He really liked to get out into the Eastern system, having meetings with all the station personnel. There was one... Uh, Here's one that we think you might enjoy about the captain. Captain Eddie once got a letter from a dress manufacturer complaining about Eastern's poor meal service. Rickenbacker's answer was the question to the question was, would you give away a pair of panties and a bra with every dress? And he says, we're in the transportation business. The letter continued, and we'd rather not get into the restaurant business. <laughs> <laughs> the most widespread story in a staff meeting concerned at the time, he secretly ordered assistant station managers to deliberately tag the 50% of the participants' luggage uh, to the wrong cities. Uh, and when the meeting opened, the room was full of unshaven and angry vice presidents, traffic managers, supervisors, department heads, and station managers. <laughs> Rickenbacker got up and addressed the mot motley assembly, he says, I just wanted you guys to know how a passenger feels when we lose his baggage, as he roared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mike. A story not as widespread involves a manager of what was then Eastern's smallest station, Columbus, Georgia. When his turn came to speak, he followed the assigned script. He reported on passengers' boardings for the previous six months, his traffic forecast for the next six months, his general observations on how things were going in Columbus, Georgia. And finally, after a few items, he wanted to get off his chest about Eastern as a whole. He had a complaint. I got a complaint, he began. I think one of the biggest things is that we're getting too much mislabeled baggage that should have gone to Columbus, Ohio. Rickenbacker jumped to his feet, nodding vigorously, vigorously. Son, you're absolutely right, he answered. While we've got some bastards on this airline, who don't even know that Hartford is in Massachusetts. Oh, boy. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No one laughed at his mistake. There wasn't so much as a chuckle in the whole room. All you could hear is the sound of cheeks being sucked in to keep them laughing. Oh, Mr. <laughs> Producer, what is our next song that we dance to in the 60s? Let us hear it. Let's go surfing. Let's go surfing now, everybody's learning how. Come on up the fire with me.
Since you uh, gave us an idea of how Captain Eddie could make a mistake, perhaps we could take a closer look at this Eastern hero, Captain Edward V. Rickenbacker. In person, the captain was tall and lanky because he never regained all the weight he had lost on that famous raft he spent a lot of time on in the Pacific Ocean. He invariably wore blue shirts and blue suits, plus that crushed felt hat a fedora. He drank martinis, but there wasn't a man in the airline business who could hold liquor better than Captain Eddie. Until he was that was until he was into his 60s when his tolerance for alcohol diminished quite a bit. In his prime, after even a half a dozen martinis, he remained clear-eyed and apparently sober. The only sign of over imbibing were two little red spots on his cheeks. This was probably just as well because an alcoholic Rickenbacker would have been truly unbearable. As it was, he had few, if any, close friends among his fellow airline chiefs. They generally considered him to be too boisterous, opinionated, and demanding. If there had been a tape recorder at some of the meetings with his industry peers, the transcripts would have required fireproof paper. Most of these clashes (laughs) occurred at sessions of the Air Transportation Association, or the ATA, as it was most often referred to, the Airline Industries Trade Organization, where Captain Eddie would have finished quite far back in any popularity contest. And the feelings he had toward some other airline presidents were very mutual. For example, he disliked Tom Braniff and Jack Fry of TWA, Wayne Parrish believed he was jealous of Fry. He hated Juan Tripp and George Baker and feuded perpetually with C.R. Smith of American. Although he did have a grudging respect for his rival, C.R. Woolman of Delta, who, could, who always could get under his skin. Captain Eddie truly hated Delta with a passion, I guess that carried over to the pilots, which stemmed <laughs> yeah. partially from sheer envy. He liked Bob Six of Continental, although they didn't know each other very well. 
Six, incidentally, never got around to telling Captain Eddie that he had commanded one of the search planes looking for Captain Eddie in the Pacific when Six had been in the Air Transport Command. So let's listen to another of the 60s uh, sound, Mr. Producer. I was at a dance when he caught my eye Standing all alone, looking sad and shy We began to dance, swaying to and fro And soon I knew I'd never let him go Talking, you just sat and listened while he held court. 
Six, who was no amateur when it came to cost control, had personal evidence of how far Rickenbacker could carry the policy. Former wife, musical comedy star Ethel Merman, boarded an Eastern flight in New York many years back, and the experience induced her to send an angry letter to the captain. It was pouring rain, and Miss Merman got wet walking to the plane after the ramp agent told her there were no umbrellas. Rickenbacker's answer was polite enough but didn't help matters much. He wrote, umbrellas are very expensive, and you only get wet a few minutes. Uh, Well, thank you, Carrie. It was C.R. Smith who knew Eddie uh, as well as anyone in the industry. He used to infuriate Eddie uh, by calling him Mr. Rickenbacker. (laughs) C.R. remembered him as a very great American and and a very sincere patriot, but... The stories told about this pair would fill a book of their own. C.R. delighted in needling Captain Eddie. Rickenbacker once told him, <clears throat> excuse me, once told him he was going to stop giving asses to ATA officials. <laughs> I don't want them riding around free on Easter, he groaned. <laughs> don't worry, Eddie, Smith said gently. They'll only try Eastern once. <laughs> Our next song is from an artist to be named as was unique as many of his fans. Uh, it was uh, it was kind of a fun just to say his name as it rolled off your tongue, but oh, how he could sing. Mr. Producer, what have you got for us? Should I go or should I stay? The band had only one more song to play. And then I saw you at the corner of my eye. A little girl alone and so shy. Just my tears 
in Freeport and in West End, and the guy put on a terrific show. Ah, nice. Got a, got a anyway, great voice. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The Last Waltz is a British easy-listening ballad written by Barry Mason and Les Reed. It was one of Engelberg Humberdick's best hits, sending five weeks and number one in the U.K. singles chart from September 1967 to October 1967 and has since sold over 1.17 million copies in the U.K. In Australia, the last waltz spent nine consecutive weeks at number one. In the United States, the last waltz reached number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and made the top ten of easy listening charts. The title of the song is something of a double standard uh, as it refers to both the narrator's first and last dances, which with the woman he loves. <coughs> the first dance was the last waltz, played at a party where the two met, and finally danced signified at the end of their relationship. After their romance had cooled down a little bit, now there's a here's a popular song that might cool everybody down <laughs> <laughs> off a personal record relationship. Let's listen to this next song. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in And then I'll watch them roll away again Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of a bay Watching the tide roll away Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. I left my home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco Bay. I've had nothing to live for, and look like nothing's gonna come my way. So I'm just gonna sit. On the dark little bay, watching the tide roll away. I'm sitting on the dark little bay, wasting time. Look like nothing's gonna change. Everything still remains the same. I can't do what. Loneliness won't leave me alone It's two thousand miles I roam Just to make this dock my home Now I'm just gonna sit at the dock of a bay Watching the tide roll away Sitting on the dock of a bay
written on the dock of the bay is a song co-written by soul singer Otis Redding and guitarist Steve Cropper. It was recorded by Redding twice in 1967, including once just days before his death in a plane crash. The song was released on Stax Records' Volt label in 1968, becoming the first posthumous single to top the charts in the U.S. It reached number three on the U.K. singles chart. Redding started writing the lyrics for the song in August of 1967, while sitting on a rented houseboat in Sausalito, California. He completed the song in Memphis with the help of Cropper, who was Stack's producer, and the guitarist for Booker T and the MGs. The song features whistling and sounds of waves crashing on the shore. Dorothy, continuing uh, the C.R. Smith and Rickenbacker stories, they were together at a cocktail reception one night, and Rickenbacker, in a surprisingly jocular mood, suggesting tossing a coin to see who's the biggest SOB in the industry. C.R. shook his head. Quote, Eddie, no mere flip of a coin could possibly rob you of that distinction. End quote. <laughs> Their paths crossed with relative infrequency, but when they did, Smith's needle was unsheathed. Jim Verner, a prominent aviation lawyer, tells the story of a dinner attended by both C.R. and the captain. Rickenbacker launched into his usual harangue about the country going to the dogs at supersonic speed. And when he finally ran out of breath, Smith said, Eddie, I love you. I hope you live a year. <laughs> Rick and Packer got along best with W.A. Patterson of United, largely because Patterson could get along with anybody, but even Pat fought with him. On one occasion, Patterson had had his fill of Rickenbacker's argumentative, sometimes abusive attitude. He had been lambasting his ATA colleague for spending too much money on food service, and the usually genial head of United exploded. Some of us wish you were back on the raft. And the captain, just as quick, shot back, guys like you make me wish I was. <laughs> Mr. Producer, do you have just one more song for us? Sure, sure do. Here it is. Thank you. I like it.
The song you just heard is a genre of music called reggae that originated in Jamaica in the late 1960s. The term also denotes the modern popular music of Jamaica. A 1968 single by Toots and Maytals, Do the Reggae, was the first popular song to use the word reggae, effectively naming the genre and introducing it to a global audience. While sometimes used in a broad sense to refer to most types of popular Jamaican dance music, the term reggae more properly denotes a particular music style that was strongly influenced by traditional minto, as well as American jazz and rhythm and blues, especially the New Orleans R&B practiced by Fats Domino and Alan Toussaint, and evolved out of the earlier genres. Reggae usually relates new social gospel gossip and political commentary. Reggae spread into a commercialized jazz field being known first as Rudy Blues, then Skia, Skia, later Blue Beat and Rock Steady. It is instantly recognizable from the counterpoint between the bass and the drum downbeat and the offbeat rhythm section. The immediate origins of reggae were in Skia and Rock Steady from the latter Reggae took over the use of the bass as a percussion instrument. George? Yeah, Carrie, uh, this, quote, wonderful world and its beautiful people are going through some real turbulence this very day. We found another time in our history when our ancestors went through something similar or perhaps even worse. Mr. Producer, would you please play If You Were Born in 1900? Many of us are stuck at home because of the coronavirus. Yes, Democrats hate the Republicans and Republicans hate the Democrats and both sides are more focused on winning an election than they are on actually making America a better place. However, it is time to have some perspective on life as it actually is today and perhaps things are not as bad as everyone makes them out to be. Imagine that you were born in the year 1900 The first 13 years of your life are relatively uneventful and very peaceful. And on the day that you turn 14 years old, the world decides to go to war for the next four years of your life. By the time you turn 18, over 22 million people will have died in World War I. In that same year, a disease called the Spanish Flu descends on the earth and runs until you turn 20. All over the world, over 50 million people will die in those two years from the Spanish flu. On your 29th birthday, the stock market crashes and announces the beginning of the Great Depression. Unemployment hits 30% and scarcity and fear takes hold of our mindsets. America nearly collapses along with the world economy. On your 39th birthday, World War II starts. On December 7, 1941, just after you turned 41 years old, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. From the time of your 39th birthday until you turn 45 years old, 75 million people will die in World War II. When you turn 50, the Korean War starts. And it will last until you turn 53 and 5 million more people will die in the Korean War. From your birth until you are 55, you have dealt with the fear of polio. Over half a million people die every year due to polio. 
A cure was only found in 1955. Smallpox was an ongoing epidemic until you were in your 50s and it killed 300 million people during your lifetime. When you turn 55, the Vietnam War begins and doesn't end for the next 20 years. When you reached your 60th birthday, it was the time of the Cold War. You lived each day with the fear of nuclear destruction and the fear that life would end as we know it. When you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends, during which 4 million people died. Imagine being born in 1900. How did they live through all of that? When you were a kid in 1985 or 1995 or 2005 and you didn't think your grandparents understood how tough life was at school for you, please remember, your great-grandparents and your grandparents were called to endure all of the above. Today, you're called to stay at home, watch Netflix, Amazon Prime, overeat, and sit on your couch in the freedom of your own home. Let's keep things in perspective and be grateful for the liberties, the peace, and the freedom that we have in the year 2020. Amen. Great voice and a great message. That was great. George, thanks for sending that to me. I believe you sent it to Uh, me. Yeah, you're welcome, Neil. I figured it would fit right in, you know. Oh, yeah, it sure did. It sure did. Very good. It's tear to your eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, thinking about EVR, Edward, you know, V actually didn't stand for anything when he chose the letter V. Do you remember that? Victory stood for victory. And then he called himself Vern. Uh, Vernon. Vernon, yeah, Vernon. Yeah, yeah Vernon. But uh, all the chiefs of the airlines that we talked about were members of a group out in, I believe it was New Mexico, somewhere around there. And I think they called themselves the Sol de Conquistador. It was a club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And these guys, only presidents of the airlines were allowed into this uh, this, uh, I guess it was a ranch, uh, dude ranch or a ranch, but there's an interesting video that was taken, and I think I've we've got it on the website. I'm not certain if it's still there, Dorothy, but it's there's a great video, and it shows Captain Eddie and all these other guys. Of course, they were younger back in those days, and, and, uh, but uh, I'm sure they did a lot of drinking, a lot of cussing, and a lot of <laughs> stuff like we heard tonight about uh, having fun with each other. And I think that's what it was all about. <laughs> well, it was interesting when they when you played the bossa nova. I didn't realize that Edie Gourmet had died about seven years ago at age 84. I just had looked yeah. that up. I know, that's true. In fact, uh, she I, was I really to, realized, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, she was married Steve to Lawrence, who, right? Steve Lawrence, that's right. Yeah. He's I don't remember finding out about the Beach Boys, what was unique about them? 
What's that? Only one of them could actually surf. Do you know which one it was? <laughs> Brian Williams? No. no. Brian Williams. He was, the, he was the only one I knew how to surf. Okay. I knew that. Wow. <laughs> well, it wasn't Brian Williams. Wasn't he the guy who spent like eight years in bed or something at one point? Yeah. He could have been. Yeah, he got into yeah no, I think it was him. Yeah, he never got out of bed for uh, eight years. On another oh note, God. they had the 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 original drummer from the Ventures. You may have known he he joined the Air Force and he became a four-star general. Wow! And he no actually kidding. played and it played in his uniform on a reunion. We were wearing four stars. <laughs> My God! Wow! wow. Almost like his name Stewart. now. I don't remember that. He had a good rim shot. <laughs> Jim Holder, I thought I said a bit about. Go ahead, go ahead Colleen. You... I said I have a little tidbit about the Beatles music. Um, when I was at the uh, Miami Springs Villas in training in 1964, uh, we were constantly playing. We had a lounge for our relaxing time, which was very little. But we constantly had all my loving. I want to hold your hand, and she loves you. The Beatles playing constantly, never stopped. Did it? Did it come true? <laughs> everybody, everybody was so homesick, or you know, boyfriends, or whatever. But it, it just constantly until one day they were all gone. Well, the morale was so low. <laughs> <laughs> the instructors. The instructors. Well, you know, I have a little uh, a little music trivia for you. I believe, and I'm not 100 percent certain this is true, but I believe it is that Tom Hanks is the son of the lead singer of the Diamonds. This is correct. Is it? Yeah, I thought so. It is. It is correct. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, I see that he and his <laughs> wife have just gotten citizenship. In Greece, oh, really? in Greece, yeah. So don't well, know whether that must you be can. a slippery situation. You got want to go to Greece right now. <laughs> uh, I just saw that on the Yahoo. I don't know where you come up with this stuff. stuff like this is always fun to listen to and uh it was good listening to the music and also a little bit about uh, Captain Eddie tonight and and uh, I enjoy putting these things together like I've mentioned before the fun part of the whole thing on this musical musical history of eastern and history of I mean the music that we play it's so much fun to try to pick out the the songs and uh, you try to pick out songs that uh, not many people remember by these artists that have their uh, famous songs, you know, like The Last Waltz. But uh, it's yeah, fun that to was go really, through Yeah, I haven't heard that yeah. in years. It's, yeah. It's kudos to you, Neil, for knowing how to put all this together in a week yeah. or Absolutely. twice a week. <laughs> well, it's it's fun doing it. And, uh, okay, uh, I want to hear what's happening to Eastern Airlines. Mark, uh, are you with us? Mark Porter? Our I am Porter Eastern. All right, tell us then what's going on. Well, um, M705 came out. It's fully painted. 
and two uh, 200s are coming out of Peru this week. Uh, they'll be fully painted. And then Eastern transferred or purchased, finishing the purchasing of a 763D, and that joined the fleet this week. So the fleet's at 11. Wow. And Eastern now that has is- destinations from John F. Kennedy. They've added on Aruba and Santa Domingo. Oh, that's fabulous. Then out of uh, Miami, they've added on uh, Belo Horizonte, Brasilia, and Curubita. Isn't that fabulous? In the the Brazilian destinations, there is no one there. I mean no one. Uh, Mm. Goal Airlines provides one-stop service on their 737s to Miami and Orlando, but I mean, there's no one, not even in the capital. Is there anyone that goes nonstop, no American airline, no Brazilian airlines, nothing? I bet they're filling the airplane up. Oh, yeah. Mark, once they start start going in there, I mean, it will be uh, a win-win. I had sent something off to the CEO today telling him I would make the uh, sports gear go standard on all flights because it really will only go one way. I mean, you could, you could almost pay for your part. Yeah. yeah. Mark, you know, Mark, I so, had a question for you on this. We, you know, we got all of these, all of these new airplanes and new paint jobs and all these destinations. My, my question is, are they making any money? Oh, probably not. Not right now. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're probably they're probably losing quite a bit. But you know, like the destination on uh, Cabo San Lucas, well, that's forty seven dollars each way. So even if you filled, yeah, flight, and but starting October, September, yeah, October, uh, that flight goes up to three thirty three. I think it is each way. So it's really the to get people to know Eastern. It's their trade-off. Right. I can see it. It's their trade-off. Instead of advertising, this is their advertising. Yeah, that's T-shirt. true. Yeah, you're so right once there. the word gets around that you know Eastern fly Eastern, they're only forty-seven dollars, and uh, while you can sort of people express thing, you know. And by the way, you can take all your sports gear free. Well, that will get around in the sports world for the golfers, for the surfers, for those that just want to take their bikes. And uh, Mm -hmm. they did that to Haiti, to uh, Aruba. You could probably sell your bike. You buy a $100 bike here, sell it for $50 there, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mark, uh, they must be making a lot of money uh, with uh, cargo and and mail. Well, out of Guayaquil, yeah, they're making quite a bit. Um, yeah, sure they are. Yeah, that's that's where their big cargo thing is. Um, I'm thrilled about the Brazilian thing because now that you have oh, yeah. that, you also have then Montevideo, Asuncion, Paraguay, um, La Paz, uh, Bolivia. So there are cities down that area and capitals in the country like of Asuncion and stuff like this. And, You're cutting in and out, Mark. Yeah. That has two. 
Yeah, you're, you're cutting, cutting in, in and out. out cutting in and out? Yeah, Neil. Yeah, yeah. I'll try and now. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, very, very good report. And I hope you're still working on the CEO, trying to get him to come on our radio show. Yeah, I sent him something today um, because I thought he should be the one that talks about this because it's a lot of information, very exciting information. And um, but I hadn't heard yeah. back by showtime. Okay, well we'll look forward. To, uh, we'll get him on one of these days, one of these shows. Thank you so much, Mark. I uh, got. Uh, let's see, Jim Holder. Uh, you want to talk anything about uh, Repa and what's going on there? Yes, uh, the repartee newsletter should have been gotten received by everybody by now. I got mess, mine yesterday. But, yeah. Well, yes, thank I you. I'm glad. There's a real <laughs> problem with the post office. We gave it to them and pre-sorted. I think I mentioned this last week, and uh, they didn't. They just sat for a week, and once they started going, they still didn't go out very, very uh, rapidly. And there's still people. I talked to Don Till's wife just about an hour ago, and she said they still haven't got theirs. So I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, we put new stamps. Uh, we we sent that out what they called pre-sorted, and we were going to do the same thing with the ballot on uh, whether to continue on with uh, Reefa or not. And uh, after this experience, uh, Jerry went and bought uh, four three hundred and forty-one first-class stamps. And put them on on top of the pre-sorted on the envelope. So that's only going out to the regular members. Though mm-hmm. so I don't think anybody of this group tonight will be getting those. That's the ballot to whether to have a graceful exit and shut down Reaper. And uh, that should be going out tomorrow. And hopefully that'll get to the, everybody. All the regular members will get it. They can indicate what they think for the ballot and mail it back to. Gary in a unmarked envelope, and he'll keep them all. And then, sometime after September the first, uh, gonna open them up and count them and see what it is, see what it says. So that's about it with Reba. Hey Jim, I, I enjoyed reading the uh, the two articles in the magazine from the Delta captain. And oh the yeah, FedEx. that was a that was a doozy, uh, wasn't it? Uh, the one from the FedEx captain, I I think I can understand that, but boy, that's not too good, you know. Yeah, I know it. Uh, I, I'm, I'll tell you, I don't know what Neil and George feel, but I'm sure glad I'm not would not be flying and trying to go through what's going on about the first time I felt good about old. But I got over there Amen. real quick. I still don't like being old. <laughs> yeah, I agree. When well, it's in the yeah. rearview yep. mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a good magazine. Very good. Yeah, well, good thank job. You. I appreciate good that. Job. Yeah. It's probably my last one, the one you just got. Oh, it just is, uh, I mean, it was a great display on Yeah, we'll, we'll talk you in to get another one. That front picture <laughs> of, of Rick and Mac, I, I keep boy, quitting that was and nobody beautiful. lets me quit. <laughs> well, well, when you're doing a good job, you, you can't quit. 
<laughs> well, Jim, you know, you know what the Soaring Eagles did from U.S. Air? They went to all digital. No more. They don't mail out anymore. Uh, anymore uh-huh. newsletters. Yeah, so oh, yeah, we got a push yeah. button newsletter now. I'll tell you. Yeah, uh, well, they got a bunch. Uh, they got a bunch of young guys over there that know how to work computers. I don't think all these Eastern guys <laughs> will be able to do it. I can barely do it. That's I'm it. The editor. I, I wanna. I still. I, wanna I still mention, have to wind uh, my computer every. I have to wind mine up every once in a while. It doesn't work unless I unless I wind it up. <laughs> I wanna. I wanna congratulate Mike. Uh, well, he doesn't have anything to do with it. I don't guess, but. Uh, his uh, group, a uh, little airport there, uh, puts out a newsletter, and I got one to send you a new one. It's it's yeah, almost like a magazine. Too. It is really good, very. Yeah, good. it really is. Yeah, I, I failed to send the last one out. I'll send it out to you guys. Yeah, hey, Neil, you know that 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 airport where Mike's group is is really. I mean, I've lived on Long Island for almost my entire life. I never even knew there was an airport there. It's a grass strip, and there's a lot of those old-time airplanes there, believe me. That's expensive real estate, too. too. Yeah. (laughs) That's a beautiful newsletter, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the guy that that does it, he does an excellent job. There's no doubt about it. That's one of the best I've seen around, really, Mike. Well, I'll, uh, I'll send Dorothy. you the latest one. I hadn't sent it out yet. Uh, Dorothy, would you yeah. uh, ask Colleen about her big week uh, last week? Oh. <laughs> yes, Colleen, yeah. you have to tell us all about your play that you had. Sounds really interesting. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, a little confusing. Uh, before I do that, though, I belong to the uh, United Airline Group. And we have a over 500 membership, and our newsletter is digital. Ah, so okay. They they did yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my second passion after flying is acting, and I'm affiliated with the theater in New Jersey for about 15 years. And with the current situation, the way things are, the theater has been closed. It's only a small theater, 94 seat. Uh, we have a large rent to pay even though we can't go in the building oh, so, but it's the same it's the same as all the other community theaters large and small it's the same as broadway so we're the next mm. best thing to broadway <laughs> you can't go to broadway so you have to come to zoom <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah uh, and what we do is we're trying to do weekly shows um music comedy night you know we have some stand-up comics um we did a reading of agnes of god this was a two-man show with a very dear friend of mine he and i did our first show in this theater 10 years well more than 10 14 years ago and uh, the show that we did the other night we did together 10 years ago and it's just a funny show and you know some people like that kind and some people don't want to go on zoom but you know, it's cheaper than going to the theater, definitely cheaper than Broadway. You can sit at home, make your own popcorn, and the best thing is you can have the alcoholic drink of your choice. <laughs> Amen. Mart- Martini. Can, right. <laughs> lots, of, lots of olives. An EVR drink. Captain Eddie drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. So it's our way of trying to Captain keep the theater and the arts alive and 
keep our actors uh, active and, you know, do a little something for our community while we all sit and wait this out. That's great. Great. Thanks so much, Colleen. You'll keep us informed when you are on stage the next time, right? I will, so you can see me and not just hear me. There you go. Yes, that's really fun. Uh, okay, Dorothy, tell us. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Colleen. No, I thanks for the promo. <laughs> okay. For the You're welcome. Uh, Our next program coming up is uh, that's going to be a history program on screw a uh, crew scheduling. <laughs> Not screw, but crew. You got it right the first time. <laughs> I'm having, Dorothy, yeah. I'm having fun putting that together, too. I really am. I bet you I bet you are. Uh, I'm, I can't wait to hear it, actually. I've got uh, an opening of- skit. I've got an opening skit that involves me and crew Oh, there we go. <laughs> this is going to really be fun. Yeah. Well, the following one after that is going to be another one of our dance bands of the 70s. So, again, Neil, you'll have to go into your little uh, library there and bring us uh, out some great songs. Well, do fire up the Willister. <laughs> I love the the music, really. You do a great job of putting it together, Neil. Uh, I know it's not easy because you certainly have to search it all out, and then you have to incorporate the history of Eastern to go with it, so you do a great job on it, and we love hearing it. Uh, the following Good. one after that uh, is going to be the retirement over the history of commercial aviation. Now, that's going to be another hard one that you're going to have to put through, uh, Neil. Uh, then we'll be following We have quite a few music programs coming up in the future, and we'll list all of the topics as uh, Neil uh, lets me know about them on our website. Um, on the website today, I have tried to put up the video that you sent, Neil. Unfortunately, uh, the website wasn't cooperating. I wasn't able to get up. It kept knocking me out. But I'll try to work on it again tomorrow and see if I can't get it up there. But uh, this Thursday, uh, there will not be any uh, REPA, uh, um, EAL Reaper program, uh, but it will be continued next Thursday, and that, too, is up on the website. Uh, So back to you, Neil. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. It was a good show. It really was. Uh, It was great. Enjoyed the comments. Enjoyed the... uh, Okay. You want me to see if I can call upon Captain Hop Harrigan to uh, (laughs) land the airplane. So I'm going to... I want to bring bring in Captain Harrigan. Do you listening in, Captain Harrigan?
Landing Hop. Be sure to tune in again next Monday, August the 3rd, when America's favorite way to fly returns to the cyberwave. And you'll hear this. Captain, this is crew scheduling. We have you on a trip tomorrow. And we know the rest of the story. And if you will, tune in on us August the 3rd. We hope you will join us. Don't forget to tune in, not this Thursday, but next, the following Thursday, um, for the Repo Radio Hour, stories by pilots of Eastern Airlines. And if you've not heard one of the broadcasts, I'm telling you, you're really missing out on some great Eastern talk. Our producer's telling me it's time to say goodbye. So this is Chuck Albright, Eastern Airlines employee 018632, signing off on behalf of the host tonight, Dorothy and Don, Mike Scott, Colleen DeFleece, George Jen, Mark Carter, and our producer, Neil Holland. Playing the signed-off music made popular by Merle Haggard, Silver Wings. Shining in the sunlight, Headed somewhere in flight. They're taking you away Leaving me lonely Good night, Eastern family and friends from around the world, and good night, Eastern Airlines, wherever you are. We love you, Eastern. Now, all of us, when I count to three, one, <laughs> two, three, good night, Eastern. Good night, Eastern. Good night. We love night. you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.